or not. Uh, but normally, if you attend grace, you'll see that we normally have this, this thing right here. And so, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but your sermon notes are blank. And so, one of the reasons we did that was we wanted you to realize that there's something significant and special about empty, okay? So, empty for Christians means something totally different. It also means that they told me I can preach as long as I want today, since there's no points. Is that Okay. Okay, some of you are okay with that, some of you are not. All right, I'm just, I'm just checking. So if you're visiting, though, make sure you take some time to let us know who you are and how we can pray for you. I also wanted to give a quick shout-out to those that made, you may not know this, but some folks made a missional move down to um, our fellowship hall, and they're watching from the fellowship hall. So can you give them a shout-out, those that made a missional move? Yeah. So they, they moved down there so that everybody would have enough space today because we knew Easter would be a little bit more crowded. So I just want to share with you a couple thoughts about Easter and do it in maybe a unique way. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about is the love of God briefly. And when you love someone, you know specific things about them. Would you agree? And the more that you love someone, the more you know about them specifically. Would you agree? In fact, you know weird details about them that if I were to call you up and you were to share them about your spouse or your brother or your sister, you would be in trouble for weeks, right? My family right now is going, no, no, (laughs) because they're like, don't share anything weird or goofy, right? But the reason this is important is I'm going to show you in in the good news in God's word that it's also true that he knows specific things about you. And it's because he dearly loves you. So to give you an example of that, just a couple different ways in a human way before we get to God's word, let me put it to you this way. So when I woke up this morning, I get up early on Sundays anyway. And of course, the first thing I go, if you're like me, is you go where? What's the first thing you do once you get up? Oh, bathroom. Yeah, some of you guys are older. Okay, so after that, okay, after you, after you empty and you've got room, coffee. Okay, so my family knows this intimate detail about me and waiting for me at the coffee area this morning was this. And so it's from Brittany, and it just says, hope you have an exciting, happy Easter. And of course, then I opened it. She knew I'd be going for the coffee. And inside, on the left, if you can't read that, says, he is risen. Which, what's your response? He's risen indeed. That was the early response to the early church. And then she just wanted her dad to know that she was happy it was Easter. It was a great gift. Now, she's the only, one of the few people that would know in my morning routine that I would go for coffee first, right? You know, I was talking to someone recently. We were talking about just different things we know about people. And they were saying, you know, um, why did your brother like MASH? And I'm like, I don't know. But I know every time that we talk about that or had some kind of relationship connected to it, there was an intimacy to the two of us. Only we know about that and our love for that show and how it was connected. Well, the gospel writers, the people that wrote the Bible, especially the good news on the um, New Testament, knew things about Jesus that only they knew. And they wanted to share them with you and I. And so there's one passage in particular I want to share with you today because it talks about something that no one else knew about. There's a little teeny nugget or a secret only in John's gospel that none of the other gospel writers recorded. And in that little secret that's in that gospel is really, really, really good news for you and I. So if you've got a Bible, you can open it up. You can also use, uh, we'll have it on the screen, and you can use your phone. But we're going to look at John 20. We're going to look at just a little teeny piece of it. Just really start with verse 1 and look at this place where they came to the tomb. So let me read this out of the NIV. Again, John 20, starting in verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene, they got that one, went to the tomb... <laughs> 
and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. Now that just tells you that John was competitive. Y'all get that? Okay? Because John's the younger one. He outran the old man. That's, and he had to put it in here. So I think that's kind of cool. He bent over and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. When, then Simon Peter, who had been behind him, arrived, and he went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separated from the other linen. Finally, the other disciple who had uh, reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and he believed. Now, what's so cool about this, and this is why I want you to see this, is John in the gospel is known as the disciple who Jesus loved. If you've never read um, the gospels, they are fascinating. John is amazing. And one of the things that John wanted to tell you and I was how much Jesus loved him. That's why he only refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he also wants you to know the love of Jesus for you. Because of that, he has this detail that we want to share with you. What's really interesting is Peter, who's with him, who's the more vocal, you ever been around that person? The more vocal of the two. He actually, if you want to know what his thoughts were, you can go to the book of Mark because John Mark was a disciple of Peter. And what's interesting is when you compare these two, these two translations, these two good news about the resurrection, this detail is not in Mark. It's also not in Luke. It's also not in Matthew. And the detail that you're looking for is that Jesus folded the face cloth and he placed it there in the tomb. All of them talk about the resurrection, that he came back from the dead. All of them talk about the tomb being empty, which is critical to the faith. But it's only John who talks about the face cloth and it being neatly folded. So why is this important? When you love people, you really get involved in the details of their life. What was Jesus' occupation, church family? He's a carpenter. In first century Palestine, if you were a construction guy, if you were a builder, and you were building someone's house, you would work on that all the time. And the owner of the house would come by. And when the owner of the house would come by, they would look into the house and see how your progress was going. I'm sure they probably had some details to share with you how they want the house built, right? Those of you in the construction, you're like, yep, that happens all the time. But the other thing they would do is on the day that they finished the house, they would take a towel or a napkin and they would pad the sweat from their brow and they would neatly fold it and they would leave it at a specific place in the home so that the homeowner, when they came by, would know the house is finished. And only John gives us this cool little detail in the scriptures. And what he meant was... Our eternity was sealed at the resurrection. That your house and my house was completed. And it was because of what Christ did. Not just that he died. A lot of us believe he died for our sins. But not all of us believe in the miracle of the resurrection, which is what Easter is. In fact, the only way you can believe in the miracle of the resurrection is by faith based on a love relationship with Christ where you get to intimately know him 
And when you intimately know him in this way, it changes your life. Like a good marriage. You ever notice when two people are married and it's a good marriage, they rub off on each other and they begin to look a lot like each other as time goes on. That's what this kind of relationship looks like with Jesus. And the reality is this Easter, if you want to know him that way, it requires you doing what these early apostles did, which is going to the empty tomb, seeing that it's empty, and drawing your own conclusion that the reason it's empty is he rose from the dead. And he rose from the dead to prepare a place for you and I that we could have eternal life with him. The reason this is also important is I don't know about your life, but my life can get overwhelming. It can get to a point where I'm not sure there's hope. I'm not sure what's going to happen. And the resurrection reminds me no matter what happens, even if I die, I have hope. Why? Because Christ rose from the dead. And because of that, he has power. We sang about that over every area of my life. So this morning, whether you're online, you're down the fellowship hall, you're here, here's what I want you to know. God loves you. He loves you intimately. He knows every detail about your life. He knows your struggle. He knows your pain. He knows what confuses you. He knows what frustrates you. And in the middle of all of that, he wants you to see the empty tomb that he has prepared a place for you. And he wants you to enter into who he is so you can possess what he has already purchased for you. So if you've been at that place that you've been waiting to make that decision to make Jesus Lord, today's the day. Or the day that you renew your faith. Because once you make this decision, your life will be completely changed. You will be transformed. And you will have a joy that you cannot explain. So let's do that. That's the greatest way to have resurrection in our own heart this Easter. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, for each person watching uh, here in, in present, but also those watching online and down the hall, our prayer for them is that they would know the intimacy of Christ, like John knew. Little details about who he is and how passionately he loves them and us. Father, you loved us enough to die for us. And when you died for us, you paid for our sin. You put a down payment so that we could be forgiven. And when you rose from the dead, you guaranteed your payment. And you prepare a place for us even now that is of complete joy. And Father, you want us to be able to possess what you have purchased. And we do that by agreeing with you about our sin, believing only what Christ accomplished in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and committing our life to you so that you can live through us. Father, we admit this morning, if that's you this morning, would you please admit your sin before God? Whatever's kept you from your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, workers and people around you, would you admit those sins before God? And would you admit to God that your sin has separated you from him as well? Would you do that now? Father, thank you for those that agree with you that we are sinners who need to be saved by grace. We put all of our hope, all of our trust in Christ alone.
not even fully understanding what that means, Lord. We just know that he loves us, and we want to return that love in return. So we put our hope and our trust in Christ and what he did when he died for us and he rose from the dead, and we commit our lives this day to you fresh and new. Allow the Holy Spirit to come into us and begin the process of changing our hearts and making them tender and making us excited about sharing this good news with the world. And all God's people said, Amen. As you think on the decision you made this morning, I want to remind you, and our team wants to remind you, um, the gospel has never been meant, the good news, is something we hold to ourselves. It's something on Easter that we're meant to share with other people. And so just listen to this song, respond by faith, and allow it to make you think and just think about where God may be wanting you to share the good news. Coming up soon. Let's listen to the song. Before I leave Go and tell the world about me I was dead but now I live I've got to go now for a little while But goodbye is not the
Y'all can clap. It's okay. (laughs) So just a couple reminders from that. Goodbye is not the end. Christ meant that because he knew he was going to come back one day. And he's going to bring his church to himself. The reality is if you've put your hope and your faith in him, you have a new life, you have a new start. We want to help you in that new life. Before you leave, make sure you take some time to fill out the connect card that's on the bulletin you got. There's a black box in the back. You'll put that card in there. That one is going to help me pray for you in the coming weeks. It also will help us connect with you as a church family. I want to send you some resources, a reading plan, and some information to help you in that journey of faith. If you are a first-time guest or you're a guest of the church, before you leave, on the way out, there's a welcome desk to your left. There's a um, little bag. Stop by there. There's a gift in the bag for you. There's also a bag for you. Make sure you grab that. That's a gift from the church to you. And then also, um, check out the bulletin. I know you guys are like, what's going on? I'm not going to cover all these. Look at the bulletin. There's a lot of cool things going on. Um, If you have difficulty with that, let me know. We'll help you. (laughs) Some people are like, we don't know what's going on. We're like, hey, listen. Read the bulletin, read the email, look at Facebook. It's all on there, okay? If you, don't, if you can't do that, let me know. We will work in a way to help you know what's going on, but I don't like doing a lot of announcements because I don't want to bore you with them. Amen, church? Amen. Okay, good. So, but make sure you put your Connect card there. Also, thank you for those of you that support the church. Uh, your support does help us to do a lot of ministry, and you can put your offering there again uh, this morning. Now, it's time for an Easter egg hunt. Y'all ready? Okay. So, Lauren's going to come up and explain what's going on for the Easter egg hunt, how it's going to be organized, and how you can turn your kiddos loose. All right. right. So I know we are all so, so excited. We are going to dismiss our kids for the Easter egg hunt by age, okay? Because we have three separate areas for all of our friends to go to. So the first thing, everybody go into your bag and pull out that marker that you had. That is your ticket to the Easter egg hunt, okay? You are going to hand them to my Graceville workers that are standing at the exits. And if you don't see a Graceville worker, please put them on the table. Okay, so first age group that's going to go. Can I get a drum roll? We are going to do ages seven and up. You are going to go all the way behind Pastor Danny's house. There is a big sign that says, seven and up, come over here. Use your bag as your Easter egg bag, okay? So seven and up, you are dismissed. And now, now see, all these people are leaving, and now we got a bottleneck, so we got to wait a second. All right, our next age group is going to be four through six. Are you ready? Four through six, anybody? Anybody four through six? I'm going to get all 1,000 eggs in the four through six. You got it. Okay. Four through six, you are going back by the trailers and the big green evergreens. Obviously green. It's back there. And then our final age group is going to come up to the courtyard Hand it to Miss Ruth or Miss Carol, whoever you see. Give your marker to them. And when our born to three group, you're going to the courtyard right by the fellowship hall. Okay? So that's little Miss Penelope. And I think that should be everyone. Happy Easter, everyone. Whoever's left, if you see an Easter egg, there's candy in it. I promise. You're going to the courtyard.